Hello everyone, and welcome to Mightier Than The Sword podcast. The podcast where we break down, relate real-life perspectives, interpretations, and influences on quotes said or written about your favorite heroes throughout history. Superhero motivation, superhero inspiration, because we are superheroes. What's up guys and welcome back to episode 12. I'm your host Ryan and this week our quote is, So he wouldn't. Said by Batman in reference to bringing Robin to crime fighting when discussing it with Wonder Woman. But let's play that scene to provide you some context. I shouldn't be surprised. Since you indoctrinated Robin into crime fighting at the ripe old age of nine. Robin needed to help bring the men who murdered his family to justice. So he could turn out like you? so that he wouldn't. Now this quote comes from the Young Justice episode Agendas, and what Batman meant when Wonder Woman pressed him that was he wanted to make sure Robin had closure. This is one of the best lines of an excellent show. It provides just another example of why the show should have been kept on the air, to be honest. The writers understood their characters. When Bruce saw what happened to Dick's parents, he saw himself in a young boy, and when he met Dick and looked into his eyes, he knew that Dick Grayson would not rest until he avenged his parents' murder. So Bruce started training Dick for a few reasons. One, to keep an eye on the boy so he wouldn't get himself killed, especially on Gotham's streets. Two, to try and keep him off the streets, hunting his parents' killers. Three, to teach him the skills he would need to stay alive when he wouldn't stop. And four, to make him understand that vengeance would haunt him forever, turning his, uh, turning his focus towards seeking justice instead. Bruce Wayne is constantly haunted by his own parents' death, and that trauma has never been subsided, and he refuses to get past it. Bruce uses that pain of that trauma to drive his mission, but he is well aware of the damage that it's done to him. By helping Dick Grayson, training him to fight crime, and more importantly, protect the innocent, Bruce wanted to allow Dick to find the closure he needed without allowing the single traumatic event to dominate everything within his life. Bruce also wanted to keep Dick from growing up alone and isolated, keeping his feelings from even his closest friends. Bruce has feelings, but he keeps them to himself, not showing them because they detract from the Batman myth. He didn't want Dick Grayson to find himself trapped inside his crime fighting, unable to live anything close to a normal life or form lasting attachments. If we look at Nightwing, we'd say that Bruce has succeeded in this goal. Dick Grayson is every bit the crime fighter Batman is, and almost his match as a detective but he's also well-loved all round and is one of the most trusted figures in the DC universe by both heroes and villains, oddly enough. So why did I pick this quote? I wanted to talk about good leaders with bad methods and bad leaders with good intentions. We've all had good leaders, managers and role models and the things we learn off them could have been bad. We were learning what not to do. 
will be will able to teach those in our future to go uh, to not go through what we did. So being a bad leader, unfortunately, there are times when a manager or boss is simply just a bad leader. Maybe they had bad mentors or they've picked up contradictory habits. Maybe they haven't had the necessary experience to understand their vital role and how best to accomplish it. Whatever the case, recognizing that your leadership skills need some serious work is the first step to making changes and improving. So I've written down six clear signs that you're probably a bad leader, as well as some steps to being able to take to fix them. So first, you might lack lack empathy. Caring for others and showing compassion towards employees or family members only makes you weak, right? Wrong. Newsflash, no matter how high up the ranks you go, you will always be a human. And so is everyone else around you. Two, you fear change. Change is scary. It is unruly and often uncomfortable. But the one thing you can always count on is that change is going to happen, whether you like it or not. So learn to embrace it. Harness the power of change and ride the wave of disruption to the advancement of your company and your career. When change is on the horizon, and it always is, see it as an opportunity. Set yourself apart from being a leader who's not a visionary. Don't let panic and anxiety overwhelm you or you will lose the confidence of all those around you. Three, you avoid confrontation. Confronting a difficult person or a situation can be intimidating, and you may be afraid that confronting someone will demonstrate your lack of knowledge, or you may assume, or maybe hope, that a problem will just simply disappear on its own. What is more likely is that trying to avoid a disagreement or bypass a sticky situation will only result in a bigger and more complicated entanglement in the future. Face your issues head on. Hold yourself and those around you accountable for their work and their actions. Acknowledge a weakness if your knowledge or information may be lacking, but don't avoid discussing it. Talking about discussing it, number four, you may be a poor communicator. Poor communication is the hallmark of a weak leader. Until they invent a way to read your mind, you're always going to need to find a way to communicate what's in your head. Your expectations, your vision for the future, your plan of action and strategies, they need to be discussed and thoroughly explained. Poor communicators shut down during difficult situations and are unable to get their points across to employees, clients, stakeholders, family members, or friends. Number five, it's all about you. Sure. You have great ideas. Yes, you've probably put 110% full of effort. You're probably super talented as well, or one of the best people you can think of. But are you stealing someone else's thunder just to make yourself look good? Are you really showing who you are, or are you faking your efforts? Ask yourself this. When was the last time you highlighted a friend, an employee, a family member, for something great that they've done? 
do acknowledge their ideas, give them credit for when they've gone above and beyond. The difference between a terrible leader, a terrible role model, and a great leader is how they treat their people and how they inspire others to aim for a common goal. Number six, you break your promises. If you are a kind, uh, if you are the kind of leader who is all talk and no follow through, doubt and mistrust will cling to you like a bad odor. And as the saying goes, your name is only good as your word. So make good on your promises and carry through on your commitments. If you agree to something or pledge to a course of action, do everything within your power to see that through. This will establish trust, integrity, with all those around you. Otherwise, you will quickly uh, quickly lose ground with your staff, friends, clients, family. Look at Batman, for example. His leadership of the league. He has undeniably strong traits of a good leader, sure, but he's far from perfect. I mean, imagine Batman, uh, a Batman-like persona as your boss at your first ever job. That's HR issues just waiting to happen. But Batman, see, he understood what to do with how to lead Robin. He knew that he was not the greatest leader in the world, but he knew from his own experience how to teach Robin not uh, not to do what he did. So, unless you're... Uh, the boss of your own business, unless you own your own business, the coach of a team, or maybe even the eldest living family member, there's always some sort of form of hierarchy. And with your many years and avenues of life, I'm sure you're bound at some point to have a bad leader, or maybe a good leader with bad methods. Maybe it was just someone you just simply just couldn't get along with. But that's not a bad thing. And potentially is even actually more beneficial to your own growth. Similar to how Batman was teaching Robin. Eventually, Robin outgrew Batman's morals and ethics and methods and became Nightwing. The fact is, you can learn just as much from the leaders you come into contact with who are less than perfect. Robin dealing with being presented with constant moral and ethical dilemmas along with immense stress under Batman's guidance enabled him to shape himself and to be driven to understand his own morals and ethics. Batman saved him from taking revenge and these developments and traits had been taken away from his potential. He prevented another victim to Gotham's forever growing criminal population. Batman knew that he contained bad traits. He himself a child of Gotham's darkness. So he gave Robin what revenge and the crime world could not. He presented opportunities. And this is what a bad leader can do for you. For you to hone your own leadership skills. And it's only in these circumstances that you're in deep enough to drive yourself to achieve these skilled rather uh, skills rather than relying on someone else to coach you. So let's look at some of the lessons that can be learned from bad leadership that you will encounter. One, you'll learn how to be flexible. A boss who can't adapt to different styles and personalities can be a tyrant. A good leader is able to roll with the strengths and weaknesses of their employees. Two, how to be thankful. 
when a supervisor or a, an elder family member has the attitude of ungratefulness, everyone around them can tell. It certainly doesn't bring out the best in all those underneath. Three, how to be humble. An arrogant leader is a great example of not to follow. You'll always get a better response to your authority if you're gentle and show those that, uh, under you that you respect them. In my experience, members of a team might tolerate arrogance, especially when the leader is extremely good at what they do. But as soon as their performance declines, profits fall, engagement drops, tolerance for their attitude diminishes very quickly. The team even might take a step back rather than forward, and they won't help. Four, how to be calm. You've probably witnessed the wrath of a boss who has come unglued at the slightest infraction. It's not pretty. It's much easier to respect a leader who doesn't lose their cool, but calmly handles situations, problems, and escalations. Five, how to forgive. Strong leaders have the maturity to forgive and not hold offenses against those who make mistakes. As an employee, as a friend, as a family member, you're not likely to approach a boss or an older family member or even a friend when you've made a mistake if you know the reaction is going to be one of anger or them holding a grudge. And this is where things fester. Six, how to resolve conflict. A good boss, a good leader, and a great friend is a person who's a great mediator. They're not going to play two sides of a conflict against two employees, but they're going to seek a resolution that is satisfactory to both parties. Seven, how to network. A difficult supervisor, leader, motivator can motivate coworkers to form relationships that they may not have otherwise. These connections may be helpful for the day-to-day -day as well as in the future, so you never know what contacts may be useful for furthering your career or even making new friends in the future. Eight, how to be a good listener. If you have a boss who doesn't listen to, you, uh, to your ideas or any of your friend's ideas, then you know how important it is to be the opposite. Your employees need to know that they are being heard and that their ideas matter. Nine, how to be resilient. Constantly dealing with leadership that isn't up to par will teach you how to roll with the punches. As much as, as it is difficult to, to learn this, especially during this time, it is one that will serve you in many, in many areas of life. Building resilience builds character. And 10, how to have the right perspective. Watching someone in action who has the wrong perspective will quickly show you how important it is to try and see situations through the eyes of others. A well-rounded vision is always better than a one-sided uh, one point of view. See, a good person doesn't always mean a good leader, or a bad person a bad leader. And just as much as a bad leader has, uh, must have bad employees... That must mean that good people must have good parents, right? Wrong. You have the ability to grow from this. You have the ability to grow from a good leader. You have the ability to grow from a bad leader. Regardless, you can learn the lessons that are going to shape who you want to be moving forward.
And that is something that Batman was able to identify when he was teaching Robin. He could identify the potential traits and the constant repetitive things that were happening within Gotham, turning people into crime. So he was going to break that cycle with this one person, this one kid that he was able to identify with purely for the sake that so he wouldn't turn out like he would. He would be better. So what type of leader are you? What type of friend? What type of family member? Are you flexible? Are you thankful? Are you humble? Are you doing all these things for your own self-gratification? Are you genuinely trying to invest in your friendship or relationship with another person? This is something that I guess we can take from this part of a quote from this TV series. And something I want you to think about moving forward. Who are your leaders? What did you learn from them? Were they good? Were they bad? Even if they were bad, what good things did you learn? What did you learn not to do? And how has that shaped you now? The further we do this, the further we can teach younger people or uh, younger employees or even just family members going to children, to grandchildren, to be better people. We can pass on the right traits as long as we can. So we can essentially, without sounding corny, make the world a better place or make your workplace a better place or even just make your friendships a stronger friendship. This is a nice little uh, food for thought for your, for my return back to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this again. Um, I will try and continue to do to do these as much as I can coming into the Christmas period. And now that lockdown has officially, hopefully, complete, uh, completed and finished in uh, Victoria. But until next time, I'm your host, Ryan, and this was Mightier Than The Sword. Thank you for listening again. I will talk to you next time.